glass half full moon, where if we didn't jump white horses over fresh corpses, full moon features would go out of business. I am your host for today, Gabe, and with me is my lovely co-host, Casey. Casey, how are we doing? You know, I, I've been better. You know how it is with the holidays. I've I've been traveling a lot. I actually just got in from an, exter- an excursion of my own. Oh, really? Uh, did you happen to enter any particularly spooky places that are very obviously full of vampires? I mean, it's my dad's house, so take that as you will. Fair enough. Although I can't say for his guest house. The guest house I haven't been in for a bit, so there might be a vampire living there. There's so many vampires in there, you have no idea. I hope they pay rent. But, speaking of vampires, uh, apropos a segue, uh, we watched Subspecies from 1991. Let us begin with the fact that that title makes no sense. I feel like... I can't. I couldn't confirm this, but I feel like they they wanted to name it Bloodstone, but that was like uh, that was like copywritten. Maybe because like this is a strange movie. Like I will say that of the films we have seen, this is by far the most confusing film. It is quite confusing. Not to mention, there's not a whole lot of action to it. The title is a bit misleading. Not to mention, last time we mentioned, hey, Angus Scrim is in this one. By technicality, yeah. Yeah, he's in like two minutes. So I'm sorry if we got you excited for this one. Don't be excited. This one's honestly just kind of boring. Uh, Yeah, if it wasn't so weird and confusing from my point, I would say, yeah, this is just some boring bullshit. But it's it's so confusing. It it's perplexing. It's incredibly perplexing, and I suppose we should begin where our movie begins, which is an old man sitting in a terrible white wig, in front of a window, trying to drink blood from a weird bellstone, and this is of course Angus Scrim in a terrible white wig. I had it written down as suckling from the blood nipple. <laughs> Yes, that is that is what we're calling it now. It is the blood nipple. The blood ni- Angus Scrim here is suckling from the blood nipple in Castle Bad Guy. And we get a Harry, character. Harry Potter and the blood nipple. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Curse of the Blood Nipple. Um, apropos of one of the characters that I have him written down as. But we get the main villain of our story... Named Ragu or something? I forget. It's Radu? And honestly, he looks like the creepy love child between Edward Cullen and Nosferatu? I had him down as Nosferatu mixed with Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay, no. You can just tell from Radu's look, they were trying to go more Lost Boys for this makeup. It doesn't work. It's so... The vampire face makeup is pretty average, I'd say, but the key part of Ragu's makeup is the fingies. <laughs> it is I, indeed the Let's fingies. just get it out of the way now. He's got them long Nosferatu fingies. Uh, you, could all, you can see the fingy jiggle all the time 
because they're clearly just like plastic and he's just always his fingers are jing- jiggling back and forth at all times and he can't like clasp his hands no i mean like if you look at the wardrobe though for the vampires in this film they're they were obviously going for a lost boys approach oh yeah and you can see it slightly in the way they did the makeup on radu and like his attire and his hairstyle and whatnot they were trying to do lost boys but it didn't work because Radu, or I guess we're calling him Ragu from here on. I suppose so, if you want to. Uh, Ragu is like, I've come to claim my birthright father as your firstborn. And I guess this is King Vlad or whatever? Just, uh, King something Romanian. King Vampire is like, no, you're you're too dangerous and I knew you would come and straight up just drops a cage on top of them. And in response, Ragu snaps off his own fingertips. It's very odd. It's like declawing a cat, but for vampires. He's chopping off his own fingertips to then turn them into blood demons. Yeah, he he snaps off his own fingertips into really gross little stop-motion blood demons that look like absolute garbage. I thought they were fine. I, I I thought they looked real bad, like, but I'm also, I love stop motion, especially in horror films, especially in late 80s, early 90s horror films, so I'm kind of a little biased. I thought they looked like straight garbage. I, I in my notes, continue to refer to them as the Doom Imps, because they look like the shitty pixelated version of the Imps from, like, the 2.5D Doom, but... It is at this point that the Doom Imps just kind of walk over and pull a lever to free Ragu from his cage. And he Ragu just walks up to his dad and he's like, I'm gonna stab you now. And his dad just takes it as he's stabbed in the gut and Angus Scrim is now dead and that's it. No, we see him for like two seconds later on. But yeah, this, is, this isn't like an Angus Scrim star and this is like an Angus Scrim cameo. Which honestly, Angus Grimm was there at some point. It's like someone just held up a picture of Angus Grimm. Like, yep, now he's in the movie. We got, we got our, uh, we got our name recognition. And I mean, like, Angus Grimm isn't even really that big of a name. Unless you're like a hardcore horror fan. Right. I didn't know who he was until you said like Tall Man from Phantasm. Like, I couldn't until that point. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't have told you the actor's name. Yeah, like, you you have to be more of a, a weird horror fan to know who Angus Grimm is. But with the death of our name brand actor, this is where our cold open finishes. And we are introduced to our heroine and her uh, gal pals named Michelle, Lillian, and Mara. And I guess they're all grad students, uh studying folklore of Romania and Transylvania. Yes, that is that is what I've gathered from this. And we get a... Were you getting Meridian vibes the entire time? Yes! Were? Yes! Yes! This was the point where I was like, okay, wait, is this just Meridian again? This is Meridian with vampires instead of werewolves. It's pretty. It's pretty Meridian, uh, and Meridian is has never has been the bottom 
tier of our list thus far. Which makes this not very good. It's not a very good film. <laughs> but it's not still not as bad as Meridian. No, at least this one has weird little doom imps. <laughs> but they they meet up, they're here to do some research on Transylvania, and I believe Mara is from Transylvania? Yeah, I think it was, like, Mara is originally from Romania, and she studied with uh, Michelle and Lillian in the in the Americas. Right. And they're, like, back, they traveled to Romania for their uh, their doctoral thesis. Right. And this is where... So there's a scene where they're going out and they get into a little European car. And it's a little bit of, haha, European car is so tiny. Except it's and not a European car because the uh, the steering wheel is on the left-hand side. Shh, shh, don't think about it. <laughs> but I noticed it. Did you notice that also that the, the camera seemed to have been rubbed down with Vaseline during that shot? Yes. But it was only for that one moment, so I don't know what happened. It it might have been, like, a technical issue or something, but... Or they could have been lazy. That too. Maybe some someone accidentally sneezed on the camera lens, and they just hastily wiped it off with their shirt, and it left a bit of a, a foggy effect. Professionals, people. I mean, this this was also a uh, American-Romanian project, so this this was kind of shot on location. Oh yeah, the the one thing I will say about this film is that it has whoever did the scene scouting was great. Oh yeah, no, like the scenery in this is astounding. And well, we'll get to it when we get to the the primary location for this, but. What we get is also the two American girls, they get they sort of pull into the village that they'll be staying at, and they see what is very clearly a funeral procession. You can see the fucking coffin. And everyone's in black. And one of the girls is like, hey, look, a parade. Yeah, I, I'm glad you noticed that, too. I was like, this, this is clearly a funerary procession, and you really think it's a parade? Wow, you were sheltered as a child, weren't you? It isn't even, like, a cultural thing. It just looks like a fucking funeral. Yeah, I mean, like, they're carrying the casket. Everyone's dressed in black and whatnot. It's it's very clearly a morning march. But anyway, they enter the primary location for this film, which is Prismer. I don't remember what it was. They said it a million times and I wasn't paying attention. Well, I, I only remember it because I actually looked it up. It's a real place. It's not a castle. It's a fortified church. Yeah, um, they mentioned fortress early on because the, the American girls were like, oh, did you get us a nice hotel with actual bathrooms? And Mara was like, well, I couldn't find a hotel, but they're actually letting us stay at the fortress, so... Which, yeah, it it, it is an actual place, and I would assume that this is the actual fortress that they're filming at. So you know what? Good on them. Yeah. I will say that is one thing that Full Moon Features has for them is their location scouts are on top of shit. Oh, yeah. Because, like, they had the great locations for Crash and Burn. Um, They have the great locations for this one. So, yeah. Kudos to uh, the location scouting department. Oh, absolutely. So we next meet one of my favorite characters... 
Carl and his very sharp eyebrows. Oh, the caretaker? Caretaker's name is Carl with a K, and he has the sharpest eyebrows. He does. He does indeed have the sharpest eyebrows. I only only just referenced him as caretaker because I missed his name and I was too lazy to go back. Well, I also, I, I always watch these things with captions on because sometimes you get funny shit. Like, there'll be, there'll be music going on and it'll just say foreboding music or, like, whimsical music here or something see, like that. See, normally I also have the captions on, but for some reason I didn't tonight. So, I don't well, know. you missed uh, quite a few good ones. I missed a lot, apparently, but you know what? That's okay. That's why I have you here. Oh, yeah. Mm. But Carl is there. They get all their stuff together. So far, the place is real, but they describe events where the Romanians are being attacked by the Turks and had to defend the place, and all the Turks mysteriously died, and they assumed it was because of vampires. That's all fake. Yeah, because, like, apparently he said that it was Vlad Dracul that ran the resistance at the fortress. Yeah, it's. It's really weird. They didn't... They almost got there. They almost got there. But clearly there was nothing that sort of fit their mythology that happened there. So they just kind of had to make it up as they went along. And so they have a festival to celebrate the day the vampires saved them. And then you find the festival later on and it makes absolutely no sense and has nothing to do with the actual vampires saving them. Shh. Shh. Stop thinking about it. See, I... I need to have a counter now that's just like, how many times has Gabe told Casey, stop thinking about it during a podcast? Well, because that's what the movie wants you to do. I'm just, I'm the voice for the movie. Why? Why would you assume that terrible role? They don't pay you enough. I don't, I don't get paid. So you're an unpaid intern. Why, why would you do this? Because I have respect for the craft, goddammit. <sighs> but... It is at this point we also learn that there is apparently a zoologist here among the women, but we don't meet him yet. Carl's just like, yeah, there's a zoologist here. Uh, shut up. Don't don't worry about it. You probably won't see him and whatnot. Okay, bye. And we get another scene of of Ragu and the fucking Doom Imps, <laughs> just like vibing and shit, and like drinking from the blood dip, from the blood nipper. <laughs> And it's a lot of stuff where, again, it goes to my confusion, where there's a very unclear series of events, because this seemingly has happened immediately after his father was killed, and it, it that should have played out immediately after the cold open, or perhaps somewhere else, but it's just a very strange choice to put that now here, like, tens of minutes into the movie. Yeah, they tend to jump around a lot with with Ragu, just trying to remind you that he's still there, I guess. Because as the gals are going about the countryside, uh, doing interviews, taking photos and stuff for their research... Watching these Romanian kids fuck with these geese. Yeah. I love that scene. Taking photos of, of those kids just being total asses to the geese. And, a, and of course, they end up at Castle Vladislaus during their exter- during their excursion, which is where nasty ass Rod- Ragu is living. It is in this scene when he's pushing open the coffin that I really got the fingy jiggle, where he like <laughs> taps the top of the coffin with the side of his hand because he can't put his palm on it because of the fingers. 
and it his fingers jingle jiggle back and forth and it's it's very amusing. <laughs> jiggle, 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 jiggle. But I also have the question here of why are they breaking into the castle? Because the who? Well, no, the... it it was Lillian's idea to go inside the castle, and the other girls were like, "No, we're too tired. It's getting dark. Let's go home." And of course, dumbass Lillian cuts her arm trying to get inside. But why did she want to go in? I don't know. I guess to. They were trying to set up something. They were trying to set up something for later, and it just didn't work. It's like, I understand you're here for local history, but another aspect is that no one mentions the castle. Like, at any point, if you were to talk to the locals there, they would just not talk about the castle. Like, it's just, like it's just not there. And they discover this, and she's like, yo, let's just go into the castle and fuck around. I'm like, Why? Why? Why would you want to go into the castle that the Romanians don't want to talk about? Because... Cause movie. Because movie. Because the movie needed to happen, yes. And she gets her arm cut by... I, and it is, it is specifically by Ragu. Like, he, he cuts her arm. No, no, I don't think it was by Ragu. I think it was some weird thing, because I don't think he was up and about while they were while they were. Well, no, he does. He act. He comes out immediately after she gets her arm cut, and he like looks out as they run away. Oh, okay, yeah. So it probably was him. Oh well, at least at least she doesn't have to worry as much about tetanus now, like I thought. I mean, unless I mean, we don't know what those fingies hold. <laughs> we do. They hold demons. <laughs> Demon tetanus. But they, they they run off. They head back to... Is this back to the fucking fortress? Or are yeah, they, they, they returned to the fortress and Michelle's like, oh yeah, there's nothing in these records of the castle and whatnot. It's like it doesn't oh, yeah, even it's exist. Not just that, it's not just that the locals don't say it. It's, there, is no, there are no records. And, of course, we meet our obvious romantic interest in Stefan. And at this point, I was like, yeah, they definitely took the vamp look from Lost Boys. Yeah, I saw him and wrote down, uh, who is this wizarding world-looking motherfucker? No, like, the the hair and everything, I was like, this is a low-budget brunette Kiefer Sutherland. Absolutely. it, And also, you said the obvious love interest. I would say that there is no obvious love between these characters. No, but you know for a fact it's gonna happen, especially because the moment that he starts talking, Michelle's making goo-goo eyes. When he's talking about, oh, yeah, I'm a zoologist and I'm studying nocturnal animals of the region. And she's just like, oh, yes, tell me more. And we need to make sure that our female leads are, we're certain that they don't, they have a case of the not gays. We always need to remind them that they are in straight, straight, in fact, straight women who have no feelings to one another. And, you know, there are no sapphic sensations here as much as we wish. Oh, yeah. So the next scene is they have an interview 
with a Romanian woman who describes the truce between the gypsies and the vampires. Yeah, see, this this was really weird. It's like, apparently a gypsy made a deal with the vampires after stealing a stone from the Vatican that dripped the blood of saints. Which I, w I will openly admit, that is a cool idea. It is cool. That is cool. there is a relic that provides infinite blood to vampires that can be extract. It's it's the it's the opposite of the adage of like pulling blood from a stone. It's literally you can pull blood from this stone, and it is in fact the blood nipple. It's but instead of making it cool, they made it a blood nipple. Yeah, <laughs> the holy blood teat. It's kind of a cool concept, but. It's also... It's cool in concept, but it's not well executed. It's very poorly executed. Like a lot of full moon features. Yes. That's why we're here. They they finish up their sort of discussion with this Romanian woman. And they go and sit outside of the castle just at a random point and decide to take a nap. And I don't know why they would do that. It's like... Oh yeah, this is so much safer than any American city. And they just decide to take a nap in the grass and it ends up just being too damn late. So it gets dark out and Ra and Ragu stalks these girls through the forest. It, it do no, it doesn't get dark. It gets slightly overcast and Ragu is fine. It's not even like it's per it's like midday slightly cloudy levels of light and he's fine. Hmm. I don't it's because they do pull some other, like, vampire mythology later on. I don't understand how they, f how they fuck up the sunlight thing. Although, to be fair, if it really was a sunlight thing, they wouldn't have been able to step outside in a f under a full moon anyway. Listen here, you little fuck. <laughs> I'm older than you. Yeah, but I'm taller. Uh... And I have someone who's taller than that. Shut up. Okay. You will never be invited into my home again if you keep this up. Well, anyway, they proceed to shoot day for night, which is very funny to me. And the girls proceed to wander through the mists of Barovia, as I could only assume. As they say, we have a shortcut back to the, you know, back to the fortress through the spooky motherfucking woods. And I'm like, like, go through the town if it's going to be slower, right? Like, it, it might be slower, but it will be safer. Right. But no, they're, they're just so tired. They don't care about safety. They're just like, eh, we'll take the risk. But to be fair, I don't I care if Strahd von Zerovich comes and uh, sucks our blood. See now you just you just alienated a good chunk of our viewership and that that's already a very low number. And I got a lot more on board. <laughs> but we also get the scene where there's no like big spooky reveal of Ragu cuz he's stalking them during this time. And he doesn't like jump out or like make some big reveal or some kind of vampire speech or whatever. He's just hiding behind a tree and he's just kind of like, yeah. 
I I did I did note that man, this role must have really torn up that actor's throat just because because of the way Ragu talks. He it's very bad. It's, it's very bad. It's so raspy. I'm just like wow. I I wonder how how bad his throat must have felt after the end of a filming day. So bad, you have no idea. And the the funniest part is he comes back for the the three sequels. I'm so sorry for him. <laughs> I'm sorry for us. Uh, but we also get our male savior who comes in. It's uh, Stefan. Stefan. Yeah, Stefan shows up and doesn't like fight the guy. Doesn't like stall him he just shows him he's like hey we should run and then they run which like they were going to do that anyways assumedly yeah and then we also have him like at the castle like like oh no father is dead with with the uh, with the reveal that oh my gosh if you haven't figured it out yet stefan's a vampire to be fair up until the point they were both on screen at the same time I assumed Stefan was the human version of Ragu. No, I didn't. Especially considering, like, Ragu in the very beginning mentioned that I, he was the firstborn and whatnot. So I was like, okay, his brother's going to be the good guy. Right, right. So we then... Uh, also, when Ragu discovers his dad, like, I'm, he came here for his dad. He's been sitting in the fortress for at least, like, three days now. Down the road from his dad, and only now is he coming to check on him? Like, I don't care if you're weird-ass vampires. Like, if you're here for a reason, just go and do it. Yeah, and at this point, I was also like, why the fuck does Stefan look normal, where Ragu looks like this... like this... Nosferatu mixed with Edward Cullen. Yeah, with his long-ass fingies. Well, we learn out. We learn later that it's because he took a level in sorcerer. Are you just gonna make D and D jokes all, all day? All I could think about was Curse of Strahd. Okay, <laughs> but he, they they escape back to the place. More confusing scenes happen. I don't know the order in which these season, scenes are going on. And all the women are sleeping, and we get a scene of Fingy lurking <laughs> as the guy just walks around with his hands fully open and just, like, wagging, waggling his fingers around and goes to suck upon the wound he inflicted to onto, uh, what's, uh, Liliana. Lillian. Lillian. Yeah, he, he goes to suck upon the arm wound of Lillian, and... 34 minutes in, we get our first boob count at one single titty. We get single tit. In my notes, I simply put tit. And <laughs> one single titty, 33 minutes in. We're, our, our overall tit count is now going to be uneven because of this film. <laughs> yes, it is. Because <laughs> we get one single titty. But at the point where Ragu is drinking out of Lillian's, like, arm wound, I don't know why, but his facial expressions and his mannerisms and the way that he was, like, eating the blood made me think of Jim Carrey's Grinch. 
I don't know why. I can I can kind of see that because it, it looks like he's doing everything out of just pure spite. And he's very exaggerated and like, I don't... Like, it's not very, like, heavy makeup he's wearing. It He can still emote under it. I don't understand why he needs to go so big with his expressions, but I still love it. I'm very glad he did. Yeah, no, it's still very, very funny. But I'm also just sitting here like, why did he need to expose one titty to get to, get to her neck? No, he didn't need to do that. He just chose to do that. Well... Thank you, Raigu, for fucking up our boob count. Because he's a pervert. But then the menfolk show up, they scare off Raigu, and we get the scene where uh, Stefan is chasing his brother, and his brother is, and the sun's starting to come out. And Raigu's like, You are far from your coffin, brother. You cannot survive in the sunlight. And he, in, it was at this point I wrote in my notes, this guy's acting is fantastic. <laughs> this is what I wrote down. He must have really fucked up his throat good with that raspy ass speaking. Oh, yeah. And he's got the blood nipple and he's taunting his brother. And the way that Stefan is acting and reacting to the sunlight as a vampire makes it seem like he's like, literally allergic to the sun like he's having he's going into anaphylactic shock yeah which i would assume is because they didn't have the budget to do any kind of makeup effects or anything like that but also i love the idea that vampires are just literally allergic to sunlight (laughs) like Like, i need my epipen (laughs) oh god really Really? Carl, get my EpiPen. <laughs> you need the EpiPen. <laughs> That's why he's so raspy. It's because he's got bad sinuses. Because of sunlight. <laughs> oh my god. That's terrible. Thanks, I hate it. it <laughs> I love it. So, we arrive at... So Carl Carl arrives. He brings the coffin with him. He gets Stefan in, takes him back, and Carl has a montage of him preparing all his vampire fuckery and all his weapons. And we get a scene where he loads rosary beads into a shotgun shell. I actually thought that was pretty clever. It's very good. I, I also thought it was very cool. Yeah, that's that's very clever. But we also, before that, we get, oh, yeah, uh, Lillian's becoming anemic because Ragu just keeps feeding on her in the night. Well, he only did it once, but he got real deep in there. Yeah. Boy, was thirsty and, as fuck. Oh, yeah. And we get the scene where Stefan and Carl are discussing. They're like, hey, are we, I'm, I'm going to kill your brother now. I should have done it when I was, you know, a while ago, but I was afraid to, blah, blah, blah. And they discuss how Stefan is getting feelings for this woman. And Carl says, you're falling in love. And I just wrote, they've met for less time than the couple in Meridian. I know. I was like, 
And once again, we got a monster falling in love with a mortal woman in like the span of 10 minutes. Like, they didn't... In Meridian, they had all of like two conversations. They haven't even had that. They had a small introduction... In the in the study, where he's like, "Hi, I'm a zoologist. Bye now." And then he was like, "Hey, in the woods, let's run." That was it. That was the most they interacted. And it, you, if you're struggling, because here's the thing with all full moon movies is they struggle to hit ninety minutes, so they need to just fill the movie with bullshit. If you wanted to have these two characters fall in love, write a scene of them interacting. That's it. That's how you make a movie. That takes too much effort. But it's a... You're making a movie! That takes too much effort. And, and also, they uh, Carl here says, Oh, you're falling in love with her because she has your mother's eyes, and that's a whole other layer, layer of crazy I am not about to get into. Yeah, I I wouldn't. I certainly would not. But Mara and Lillian... Mara and Michelle leave Lillian back at the fortress and end up going to the festival, which I was like, is this the Wicker Man? It, it looks like the Wicker Man. It's very Wicker Man. It's very Wicker Man. It is incredibly Wicker Man. And I'm not talking the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. I'm talking about the original Wicker Man with Christopher Lee. It's some kind of Romanian, like, festival of Auden death. Yeah, like, supposedly this is the festival that they, that they do to celebrate the vampires saving them. And yet the whole thing is like, oh, they jump a white horse over a freshly buried body. And if the horse, is ref- if the horse refuses to jump over it, then they're undead. At which point they open up the grave, drive a stake through the heart, and remove the head. By the way, in case you you didn't realize, this is bullshit. This whole festival, the the anything about the festival, the hopping of the horses, all that, it's bullshit. I looked it up. I mean, yeah, I figured as much. Yeah, but Romania is fucking weird. Transylvania, it's weird. They have weird traditions. I needed to make sure. I mean... Yeah, I was fairly certain it was not accurate. But then, uh, the love interest arrives, and they they start falling for one another. And then Stefan proceeds to eat her face. So it was at this scene that I was thinking, like, hey, maybe this accelerated falling in love of them two is like a is like a byproduct of the vampire, like, charming mythology, like how vampires can charm people, but no, they're, it, that would have been cool, and then they didn't do it. No, they they picked and chose. They picked and chose what they wanted to do for, for that. But it could have been cool. It could have been, but this is full moon. We get some aggressive smooching. We get some blood-sucking. No, he he straight up just eats her face. He doesn't even go for the neck. Or he doesn't go for the bite. He does go for the neck. But he just straight up eats her face. But then we find that the old lady has become a very, very short-lived secondary antagonist because she's like, oh, don't talk to the foreigners. They're here to awaken the devil. And that doesn't pay off at all. Because Ragu eats her and steals her mask. Almost immediately. 
Yeah, she becomes a secondary antagonist for all of two minutes. I, I also said, wrote down here, why is he drinking these peasants? Surely the taste of the blood of all the saints is enough for you. Why do you need to kill some rando? Uh, power move. You know what? Fair enough. Asked and answered. Or also maybe boredom eating. <laughs> like, like he's popping a can of Pringles? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's what I do when I'm bored. <laughs> Except your food tr- traditionally doesn't scream. <laughs> you don't know that. Okay. <laughs> You've been to my place once. Fair enough. <laughs> but, so, Stefan and who, I forget her name. Michelle? Already. Michelle. Michelle. They run off, and Mara's there left alone, and all of a sudden, fucking Ragu starts sneaking up on her, and I don't understand how none of the other people during this party, the celebration, don't see him, because he's just taking his mask off in the middle of the party. He he stole the old lady's mask. Right. He stole the old lady's mask, and then he accosts Mara, and then we find Michelle back at the uh, fortress where Ragu is also there as well, feeding from Lillian. Sure. Like legit, he's in two places at once. Don't think D- about it. Uh, think think he hard. It's fine. Thinky hard. But we we later we get more doom imps. We explain that Ragu is the way that he is is because his mother was a sorceress, and he is the offspring from his father. Whereas Stefan was born through the union of a human woman, and. After that, uh, Lillian just dies. She's dead now. (laughs) Death from blood loss. And Death from weird-ass hickeys. Right. Like, she just dies, and fucking, like, Michelle's like, okay, I guess that's sad. Yeah, they... She shows little to no emotion in regards to her friend's death. It's fine. It's fine. But then we get a scene where Carl's like, I know where the where Ragu sleeps and we are going to go kill him. And they go and he's not there. And that's the end of the scene. But they they also bury they also bury Lillian on the grounds outside the ruins. Wait, right. I didn't think of that. Yeah, they straight up bury Lillian on the grounds outside the ruins because they're like, oh, no one likes to go there. Wouldn't she... Don't... Doesn't she have family? I don't know, but they forget all of that considering Mara is also kidnapped by Ragu and is being tortured in, uh, in, in his basement, which gives us the second and third titty. We we get three individual tits. It's like um, Total Recall, <laughs> except not as interesting. Not as interesting. 
they do eventually go, and it's like, okay, fine, we're gonna go, we're gonna kill the guy. Oh, they also add the bit of, like, you can't, a vampire can't enter a residence unless invited in, but they only specify that they can't go into churches. Yeah, like, it's definitely a twist on the whole vampires cannot enter uninvited thing, but it's only houses of the Lord. Fine, whatever. But then we I've also got you. we also get this little bit with Ragu uh standing above Lillian's grave and she's obviously busting out and I legit can't tell whether he's happy or not. With the face he makes, I cannot tell whether he's happy or not. I he He looks he makes he looks almost like constipated. He makes very interesting faces. And I like it. I don't know how to feel about it. Anyway, Lillian is now a vampire. They go, they're gonna go free Mara and kill Ragu. And Stefan gets really close, but oh no, then a, a, a net falls on him and he's subdued. A vampire's worst fear, the net. For the most part, these vampires get all the downsides, but not a single bit of the upsides of being a fucking vampire. Yeah, they're they're not good vampires. They're not particularly strong. They're not particularly fast, at least that, as far as we've seen. They're also not very charming. Absolutely not. No, no, no. These are like some of the lamest vampires I've ever seen, and that's... That's saying something, considering I'm also comparing them to the Twilight vampires. They're... <laughs> At least they could run fast. Not to mention, I don't care who you are, vampire baseball in Twilight is fun as hell. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I will agree. But Michelle's a straight-up dumbass and chases after an obvious trap that is Lillian standing outside the church being like, let me in. Because I'm... Again, they should have assumed she was going to become a vampire. Yeah. Whatever. They let her in. No, they don't let Michelle her in. Michelle goes out of the church to chase after her and gets her ass kidnapped. Oh, right. Right. She gets kidnapped. They all get captured at some point. However, I will give the movie this. She is able to free herself via her own ingenuity. Yeah, I will say that much. At least Michelle's not completely worthless. Not completely worthless. She also frees Mara, and uh, Mara's now a vampire. Mara is now a vampire, and... Again, not particularly broken up about it. Nope, but Ragu and his uh, ladies of the afternoon <laughs> drag... Michelle into the room where Stefan is being held across a doorway? Sure. Okay, sure, fine, I'll accept that. And Ragu is like, oh, I'm gonna turn your lady into a vampire. And he drinks from the bloodstone and then just straight up drools on her neck. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of drool. He straight up drools on her neck before biting in. It It's very gross. It's very, very gross. But then... Carl shows the fuck up with his shotgun and for some reason shoots one vampire twice and doesn't reload. <laughs> no. Nope. That was a really 
that could have been a potentially very powerful item you had, but you only you only prepared two shells. He might not use them both on the the one thing. He uh he might not have had enough resources to make more. But why use it both on the on the one character? Double tap. Okay, fine, but it's seems weird, but then we get a vampire sword fight. I also noticed that I was like, vampires are fighting with swords. I don't know how I feel about this, but it's it's not bad. It's not a bad feeling. I just don't know how to feel. It, a vampire sword fight, and it's not nearly as cool as you think. <laughs> but but we also get a chandelier dropped on another vampire. Oh, it's it is absolutely mediocre. Mediocre. <laughs> and Bragu is subdued. There he is, says, Nothing can destroy me, and then proceeds to get destroyed. <laughs> he gets stabbed through the heart with a flaming spear. And I literally wrote, Stabbed through the heart, and you're to blame. You give vamps a bad name. And then he was decapitated. And the head bounced. It was a very funny-looking head. <laughs> it bounced. It took two swings of an axe to fully decapitate, and it bounced. And then Carl, de a... and then Carl decapitated the other vampire because she was still alive, and she's like, "Michelle, please don't hurt me." And Carl's like, "Fuck you, lady. I don't know you." She reasonably should have been okay. Her the whatever was holding her in thrall thralled is now dead. But she was also dying. But she's a vampire. You know what? I don't know why I'm thinking about it. <laughs> now you know how I feel. But we get Ragu having been decapitated. Carl is never seen again. And then Michelle and Stefan go into a crypt. And she's like, I don't want to turn into one of those things. Can you turn me yourself to be like you? And Stefan's like, no, I don't want to do it. And he does it. In this scene... She says, there is no better home for me in reference to the fucking castle. And I just wrote down, bitch, what about your dorm room? <laughs> <sighs> Come on. It's really egregious. It's terrible. They're dead. Whatever. I'm fucking tired. And, and we get an ending is still alive. He, he, we open up. His face is still... He, he opens his eyes. It's... And the blood demons are working to resurrect him, and that's where our movie ends. Fucking... We have three more of these. Yeah. It... You don't watch this movie. <laughs> Just like, yeah, don't watch this movie. Maybe with some booze. If you're feeling up for it. If you want to watch a... If you very specifically... Want to watch a fucking weird, confusing vampire movie? Go ahead. But if you're not very particularly interested in that, then don't. Yeah. So, thankfully, we have this this other horrible piece of horror romance behind us. Oh, is it, are you setting me up? For the next movie we're watching? Because I don't know. I know what it is. 
Because our next film is Trancers 2, where we completely skip over Trancers 1 because it's a different production company. We're not going to watch Trancers 1. I don't care. We're not doing it. It's funnier this way. Because Trancers 1 was made by Empire Productions and not Full Moon Features. So (laughs) so we're not watching Trancers 1. We're watching Trancers 2, which will be on our episode next time. Oh, do you... Okay, so, here's the thing. Yes. Do you know want to know who the leading man of this is? Of Transfers 2? Yes. It's Tim Thomerson. It's Tim Thomerson! Yes, it's Tim Thomerson. The man with the fake name. Our favorite doll man. <laughs> I can't wait to see more of him. But that is for another time. Until then, we are going to bury this film rightfully where it belongs, in the bottom of the pile right next to Meridian. In a Romanian ditch somewhere. It's where it belongs. Until next time, friends. Y'all have a horrible evening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.